Oh, it's his face. <laughs> it's his face. Right, anyway, welcome face. to Turn It Up To 11. <laughs> I just I had to throw it out there. I'm sorry. Young blood, you're having it. Steph's a fucking... She don't like you. Is he, is he, just, he looks so fucking smug and just pretentious. Yeah, I, I, oh, I don't know. I've never really got into the bandwagon. But anyway, we are we, 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 we're having it. We're having it. We've got we've got a few uh, altercations for this episode. Mm. Uh, we are missing um, the, uh, the, the the base of the party. Let's say, mm. Mister <clears throat> Mr. Dave. Dave is not here because he's got, he's had a little baby, and uh, we're giving him some time to. Um, to adjust to things so big shout out to uh, emma and dave and little little badass james how good was that photo did you see the photo with his devil horns up oh it was amazing straight in the box so we have got a substitute teacher coming in today <laughs> welcome to the class of 2021 <laughs> we've got the lovely george aka confidential how are we doing son oh good thanks how are you good. guys doing oh yeah doing all right yeah good we're doing all right <laughs> So uh, yeah, I, I yeah appreciate you standing in. It's going to be exciting, isn't it? It's going to be different. We're not going to be interviewing you. You get to chat shit. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a different a different line to what you're used to. So, <laughs> so how have we all been? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's that's I can't. That's just I haven't really got down. words. <laughs> Mm. I haven't got words to be honest. Um, no, I, I don't know. Like this week's been a bit of a shit show for me. I've, uh, as I previously mentioned, I took a couple of days off work um, as my supervisor advised because I sent an email which kind of came across a bit bitchy. So <laughs> I got I got told off and was like, "Go go take a couple of days. I think it's best." And I was like, "Okay." So yeah, I've had okay. a couple of days to myself. Uh, pissed around on cyberpunk quite a bit now to the point where I, I probably need to take a break at some point so yeah so a bit of r and r you've had a bit of r and r yeah yeah, yeah played guitar, chilled yeah. out a bit yeah yeah nice i like yeah. it so you've been george what you've been doing yeah it's you've been, been quite an exciting week for me um i'm not here to talk about my own music so oh no you've got to make no come on no no you got yeah you got you got to you do a little bit you're you're fucking <sighs> you're nailing it at the minute you're nailing <sighs> it all right then oh thank yeah. you um <laughs> yeah well i had a new album out uh, a couple of weeks ago and that's done really amazingly well the response has been great and like like just been added to so many playlists and and said like i think something like thirty thousand plus plays um since since release on january 15th which has been amazing but um generally this week what i was going to say is um it's been really exciting for me because i haven't even told you guys yet on tomorrow um i'll be getting laser eye surgery oh you did mention this yeah yeah so uh potentially next time you guys speak to me uh, after the weekend i could uh, i could be blind (laughs) (laughs) i was about to say this is amazing news but (laughs) this is one of the wrong times to come up you might be blind because this is something that i wanted to look into yeah Um, well it's so exciting to to be getting it done and um like i mean admittedly they asked me like oh yeah so what made you think about getting laser eye surgery and i said well it's got the word lasers in the name and they were like (laughs) (laughs) right so yeah so worst case scenario if you listen to this now confidential might be feeling beats through his fucking feet it's gonna be like (laughs) it's gonna be like eyeball paul not eyeball paul what was it um what was that film the coke badger oh 
Oh, you know what though? Being like I will pull, I could do that. Seeing as like you know, if I don't have any use for my eyes anymore, I might as well pour vodka into them. Why yeah. not? Yeah. What was that film? Uh, it's all gone Pete Tong. Oh God! Yeah. All gone Pete Tong. He's, yeah. he's the blind DJ that used to feel the beat. No, the deaf DJ. He wasn't blind. Blind obviously got nothing to do with listening to music. <laughs> but um, yeah, he used to wear flip flops and like some massive fucking PA speakers for, on his feet. That that that's going to be you, George, in a few years. No, I hope it <laughs> goes wrong. Right, uh, uh, <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, you'll yeah. be fine. I'm sure it will be fine. Yeah, no. Oh, that's that's sweet. I'll be looking forward to listening to the results of that because that's something that I do want to do. Yeah, Definitely. I fully recommend it. Fully recommend it. Well, yeah. I mean, no, you say that I now. Might, I might not after I've done it's it, and it's like all gone wrong. <laughs> yeah, get it sit- done first, then let us know. Yeah, that, 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 that's, that's my philosophy of life. I'm like, yeah, if you do it first, and I'll see how you get on, and then I, then then I might like dip me toe a little bit. Yeah. Well, I saw this uh, Netflix documentary a while ago about some like cult or something that was created, and the bloke leading it, he used to make members of his cult get plastic surgery and like cosmetic surgery and oh, stuff like I that. I remember this. Yeah, yeah before yeah. him to see how it would look on them and then he'd decide whether he did it or not. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there we go, that just found me calling. <laughs> just found me calling. <laughs> you, you got two followers already and one of them is already doing a cosmetic surgery for you, so. Well, there we go. There we, this is it. This is the start of the course. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> we'll all be handing pamphlets out in a matter of weeks. Oh, fucking hell. Right, right. Let's talk about this week. What we got going on? We've got some weird, we're just, oh, we've got some good stories coming on this week, actually. Uh, that's, that, that, have, that has, a, I was about to say aroused my, no, it's not the wrong word. It's the wrong word. I'm going to go for aroused. I, I really T- hope Tingled, not. tingled. I'm going to go for tingled. I'm going to start off soft first. Uh, I'm going to go straight into Little Uzi, right? Mm. Little Uzi Vert. No idea if that's how he says his name. No idea, but I've seen this pop up and I kind of want to get your thoughts on it. Uh, Lil Uzi Vert gets a $24 million pink diamond pierced. I don't know how he's got it pierced, but pierced onto his forehead. Have you seen this? Oh, it's yeah. pretty ridiculous. Have you, have, you, have you seen the photos of it? It looks like, what's his name out of um, uh, Avengers? The, the, the dude with <laughs> the diamond vision. on it. Yeah, yeah, the vision. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can't quite get my head around this. I don't understand what he's going to achieve. Well, it's I, like flashing money, but like, I thought he was going to have it embedded into his skull or something. It just looks like somebody has got a bit of like double-sided sticky tape put it on his forehead and, and put the diamond on there like a joke. Yeah, but this is what I thought. I looked, I was like, I don't understand that evidently he's been, excuse me, just, he's been paying off this diamond for like quite a time. Well, he's, he's saying quite a while. 2017. Um, yeah, and now he's now like banged it on his forehead talk about putting a price on your head I i'm mean, gonna well i'm gonna put out, i'm gonna put out I'm, I'm gonna start right now uh today is the 11th of february at 8 30 p.m in 2021 <laughs> sabin's going out little uzi will be dead by the end of the year someone is gonna it's literally it's you putting a price on your head literally it just as far as i'm concerned it just looks like he's falling asleep on a craft table you know, like you've got bits of gemstone and glitter and glue and everything. You're just falling asleep. Yeah. Just stuck to your forehead. Like. It looks like he's been verjazzled. Yeah. It's just weird. I don't It's like he's fallen asleep mid coitus. He's gone down and that was it. He's come back up with that on his forehead. <laughs> that, is, that is exactly what it looks like. I, I can't I can't quite get my head around it. I don't understand the whole concept of it. I don't get it. Like, I obviously don't know. It's just bizarre. It's but so his bizarre. surgeon said it's safe. Um I oh, don't, surely, yeah, I don't, I want to know, I can't, I'm, I'm interested on in the procedure of it, to be honest. 
Oh, he's literally just cut a hole in his head and got a glue gun and stuck it on his skull. Or what? I don't know. Well, that's, that's where I kind of question it a little bit because it's got to like go into his actual skull or something in order to sort of hold its place there. I yeah. assume. Maybe yeah. it's screwed in. I don't know. Because I know you get epidurals, like you can have things implanted under your skin, but this this thing, it's just I don't know. Like they'd have to screw it in, like a piercing or something. Yeah, I don't, you need to look at the, the the tweets about it. Have been amazing. <laughs> They've been. Oh, this is. I, I love the population of the world when it comes up to giving people shit <laughs> over stuff like this because some, some of them are absolutely golden. Most of them is like he's got Thanos, like clawing the <laughs> clawing the gem out of his forehead. <laughs> like, they're absolutely great. I don't. I don't get it. I don't understand. I understand the whole bling bling thing, but that's taking it. Twenty four million dollar. Twenty four million dollars. So what would you do with $24 million over four uh, years? I can guarantee you right now, if I was gifted $24 million right now, I'd be dead by 6 a.m. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. I, this is a, this is the point we, we were talking about the other day. Um, that uh, Elon Musk, yeah, you know, he's, he, he became like a brief, uh, the richest man in the world. Mm. Uh, if you earned $1 million a week, from the day that the so-called Christ was born until now, you still wouldn't be as rich as Elon Musk. Huh. That's ridiculous. It's insane. I can't what, even like fathom that. That is like too big of a number to, to, yeah. to even sort of imagine. That's fuck. It, it's absolutely insane. So I don't understand why people sit at like Bezos as another one. He's obviously stepped down from CEO of Amazon. This is not mm. music related whatsoever, but this is what this intrigued me. I don't understand what people. What can you possibly do with it? What can well, you I do with diamond it? Diamond did have it implanted in your forehead. <laughs> it turns out. Hell, no, get I just, three. Get I just three wonder if he it. just. I just wonder if he had like this spare money just sort of lying around each month, and, so, and he just decided, what's the most ridiculous thing I could do with it? He was just like really, really high one. Yeah, well, or yeah. Well, surely he's planned this because he said he'd been paying it off for a while. He's yeah. been paying off to get this stone. So he's obviously been sitting there after a couple of joints thinking, yeah, I know what I'm going to do. Gonna, <laughs> well, maybe he put down such a large deposit that he was just like, well, committed to this now. I might as well go through with it. Yeah, the I bloke who's financing him have just said, ah, right, if you do this, you're going to plant it on your forehead. He's gone, yeah, all right, yeah, go on, I'll give it a go. <laughs> but how pissed off would you be if you got that done and found out that it's like a fucking sticker or something, you know, like one of those little gemstone stickers? That yeah, like a just... Schwarzkopf's crystal or something. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some fake-ass shit that you oh, just have implanted yeah. in your forehead. Doing a gig and waking up in the morning you've just got a hole in your head. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> just rummaging around your hotel room like a crackhead I mean, looking for a fucking pink gemstone. It's a fucking nightmare when you lose the ball off one of your lip piercings or something, you know? You spend oh. hours on your hands and knees trying to find the fucking ball. Like, if you lose that, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's crazy. I had to bring it. I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. But, yeah, fair play to you. If that's what you want to do and you want to dangle that on your forehead, I'd quite happily... I know, I wouldn't quite happily, but it's definitely put a price on your head. It's his body, his choice, I guess. But what yeah. I'm waiting for is if if he disappears from the public eye for a few months, then we yeah. know that somebody at a party or something has gone up to him and just grabbed the diamond and pulled it. It's just mm. like a massive hole in his forehead. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, someone's going to be trying to get rid of it. It's like he's got like half a scalp fucking attached to it. <laughs> like obviously, he's got tattoos on his forehead, so it's going to be a bit... You're going to struggle to blang that on the um, in the porn market, aren't you, really? Yeah, so everybody uh, listening to this, make sure you keep your eyes on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it, yeah. Oh, it, uh, what else come up? There was... Um, 
this is the thing that's exciting me a little bit, let's say, um, even though I'm a little bit dubious about what's going on. They're doing about doing health passports to enter music venues in the UK. Uh, this was put out the other week. I don't quite know how they're getting away with this, but uh, music venues in the UK are set to trial a, a health passport system um, as the lies, live music sectors towards uh, uh, safe, safely opening kind of thing. So I'm presuming, obviously, you know, if you get the vaccine these days, you, well, you, you get like a little card or a, a sticker to say that you're not part of the walking dead. You've been vaccinated. And all this, but they're on about doing like a health passport designed um, by a U-Check app, which originally launched in mid-2019, uh, like a ticket ID system that means that um, that touts and such not uh, can, can't give the tickets to the venue. So it's, if you get them from the venue itself and you provide this information with you, you can go ahead and have a gig, which potentially could be quite exciting. But I, 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 I can't quite get my head around the inner workings of it because since the pandemic halted music events blah blah you can uh you get like a, notif a notification system to help track and tr um track and trace obviously all of that nhs thing mm. but i don't quite understand how they're trying to bring it into music venues i think they're trying to start a little bit early um obviously with the first lockdown and stuff they did a few socially distanced gigs and me and steph thankfully yes, were lucky enough to go to go to one and it worked out really well, I thought. Yeah, it did. It wasn't, you know, there wasn't a massive impact on the, the atmosphere or anything like that. I think I was worried that they would have a slightly less sociable vibe to it if you stood, you know, two metres away from every single other person. But it didn't, yeah, it didn't really affect it much. No. Yeah, no, I thought it was, it, it's, 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 oh, it's got to adapt to it, I think. Mm. Well, I think that's the way it's going to go. Obviously, this year's going to be a write-off yeah i mean glastonbury's already cancelled so yeah i think yeah the most of it like i remember um after glastonbury cancelled someone put a tweet out asking like download if they were going to follow suit and they're like trying to cling on to the grass of it and oh no we're not we're not cancelled i think yet but mm -hmm. it's, it's going to happen it, it's it's going to be stupid to try and release like you think the amount of thousands of people that are going to go to a gig and they, they put a statement out the other day saying it's going to be safer going to a festival socially distanced and it would be queuing for your shopping in Sainsbury's, which at the minute, to be honest, I kind of understand because <laughs> the market's the fucking free Do you know what? I had a, a massive rant about this uh, the other day. I don't know whether you saw it or not, but essentially I went to, went to Tesco to do my weekly shop and the amount of people who still aren't taking this seriously and on my way in, I think this is what triggered me off is the fact that on my way in, there were two girls talking and they were on about how they really want this pandemic to be over now, as do we all. But they were saying this without a fucking face mask on, mm. which doesn't help. And the problem I, I had is as soon as I got into Tesco, there were just hordes of families, like groups, huge groups of people going in to go shopping together. And it's like, but that's that's not helping either. So if you want it to end and you want to stop the lockdown and, and stop the pandemic, wear a fucking mask and don't take four generations of your family with you to go and buy fucking bread. Yeah. Stay I, at I, home. I witnessed, I witnessed <laughs> that myself yesterday. I went out to go and do a, uh, the shop for the week yesterday when I got back from work and there was, uh, they opened up a till and I was just on it and there was a bloke literally stood right behind me. I said, can you, can you like give me a bit of space kind of thing? 
And he looked at me, he had no mask on. And then he had his family behind him, kids, prams, aunties, fucking uncles, for two cans of coconut milk. You're serious. I'm trying to pay and he's pushing himself past me. I'm like, it, I, I, I can't help but get aggressive to people like that. It really yeah. fucking annoys me. But but have you ever noticed though that um, the closer you get to like the actual checkout or the entrance to the supermarket, the less people care about social distancing. Yeah, like, the gap between people gets shorter. Oh, it's insane. It's absolutely crazy. But I, I hopefully, oh, I don't know because they there's this whole health passport system and stuff. I don't know how it's going to work because they're saying that the, with COVID, it's an incubation period of two to five days. Uh, mm. for the honeymoon phase for at least it's shorter the better which means that you're good to go to a show for 48 hours so i'm presuming you've got to get tested beforehand and then you get to go to the gig and then come out and fucking i don't know isolate or something i don't know i don't understand how they're going to try and work it i think they're trying things too soon mm. uh, yeah when i first heard this story what i initially assumed is um because i'm getting the the, the eye surgery I had like the consultation a couple of weeks ago and they took my temperature a bunch of times through the consultations check, like, you know, if I've got COVID or whatever, and then uh, checked in on me, they checked in on me yesterday and my, my surgery is tomorrow and they're going to be taking my temperature through the day as well um, yeah. for it. And it's one of like, I had initially thought like with, with the gigs, what if it's like, I don't know, you have to like, yeah, if they, if they had somebody at the door checking your temperature or something like that, cause it's not like you can ask like, you know, with the gig attendees to go and get COVID tests because that'll just block up the system mm. and people who really need the test are, you know, wouldn't be able to go um, and get their tests. But at the very least, it's like, okay, we don't have a temperature and that's a, obviously quite one of the one of the major signs of COVID, at least, like, kind of the most prominent one. So, yeah. Like, the safer I, thing to do? Mm, yeah, I, yeah, I, I can't see it working. I don't... How much I'd love to go and go to a gig and do that, even if you had to, like... It depends on what kind of gig it is. Say if you were going to see, um, I don't know, someone like um, Maiden or like someone like a really big fucking band. You got Kiss. I'll get into Kiss in a bit. But I mean, like a like a big headlining act, and you had to self isolate. To because they're bringing in this thing now where you've got to if you're going abroad, you come back, you've got to stay in a hotel for a week or so, and then book that as well as anything else. If they bring that into gigs. One, it's not going to be like um, financially viable, but some bands I probably would pay to do that. <laughs> I, I, I think I would pay to like sit in a hotel for six days or whatever it is just to go to a gig and like just be close to someone and like or just, like just stand without worrying about. Oh, it's fucking crazy that that the whole whatever's going on at the minute is really getting to me. I just want yeah. to go to a gig and like, like just fucking have like some sweaty fat bloke behind me, like jumping above me, and like I've got like a, half a breast on my right side, and then someone else like spitting and stuff. You don't need to worry about it. It's it's it's, it's fucking crazy that that's just gone. It's insane that you've got to try and a, a, adapt to this, the the new modern era of this pandemic bullshit. Mm. I, I can't see another way out of it. I, I think it's going to be like this for a long time, unfortunately. And they reckon that it's now bringing out a um, a different genre of uh, of music. <laughs> this 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 whole lockdown shit has put that many musicians behind closed doors that they um, they reckon it's bringing a new theatrical genre of like making tracks and making videos. Like you remember back in the day, to have a music video was a big thing. 
Yes. You bring out a track and then you'd have a music video to go out and obviously it would be played on MTV or whatever it was back in the day. Mm. That was like a massive thing. I think that that's kind of genre of music to based around a um a music video is coming back, which could be exciting. That would be cool. My um uh one of the guys in, in America who's doing like the lo fi thing, his um his name is Shaparo. Um, we're actually working together on a um, on like a collaborative mixtape, which is going to be all interactive music videos. Sorry, here I am promoting myself. And I'm no, you go posting. ahead, mate. You go ahead. <laughs> and, uh, you go ahead. Yeah, it's it, they're doing. Um, it's going to be interactive music videos for all the tracks on there, which I think could be something quite new and different. So, one of the, it's one of those things where um, artists have got a choice between two things that they can do during this pandemic: is they can sit and whine about how much this all sucks and you know how they can't go out and do anything or they can sit and think about what creative things they can do to either you know um, make new music or do something new and inventive I mean obviously people going and doing the, the live streaming was a new inventive thing that artists weren't really doing before and now all of a sudden artists are live streaming all over the place so much to the point that um, PRS have picked up on it and any gig that is um, I think it's like any gig that makes under 500 quid, they have to pay money to the PRS to like yes, do yeah. these live streaming gigs, which is sounds ridiculous. What? And um, Facebook have come out with a load of um, rules and guidelines as well about live streaming your own music and stuff like that. And so it, it's kind of one of those things that's really great and it's been torn down already. But um, uh, music artists really need to come up with um, creative and inventive just ideas on what to do to you know in during these times but then those things can obviously stay on after this pandemic ends so things like interactive music videos and live gig streaming stuff like that yeah i completely agree i think when you get to a certain point in uh like a, a lifeline or a, a, a certain step in our progressive uh, progression of technology it gets stagnant yeah and in a kind of way i, I can kind of see this this brings out people's creativity because they still need to be they're still trying to get their name out and they're still trying to get the, the music out and stuff like that. so you've got to try and adapt to a, a certain way or try and do something new and to try and do something new in a pandemic is fucking insanely difficult yeah <laughs> and, but that, that that's what really forces you though isn't it yeah exactly yeah. i know steph earlier you were talking about tiktok and yeah. you know those uh, video platforms like a very early version of TikTok was essentially was Vine. Vine, man. Yeah. That was, oh, yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, was Vine was my man, man. I, <laughs> I, I was absolutely addicted to Vine. I love it. I think the concept of it was absolutely great. Yeah. And I, I remember talking just before TikTok came out, I was talking to a friend and I was like, ah, how fucking great would it be if you could come up with an app that's the same as Vine, but like a little bit longer and that like you could, people can, like people love Vine. There's so many different creative things that you could do. If you've got like a certain time window to try and get noticed, the creativity fucking goes tenfold. So yeah. people do different things. You, you've got that restriction of, you know, with, with Vine, it's six second video. That's all you can do for, for a single Vine video. And um, that forced people to become creative. And a lot of our biggest technological advancements in history have come during times of war. And this is where Steph tells me that I'm wrong. But, um, uh, you know, there's obviously you doing really different, uh, you, you're just a bit more clued up than me to be honest with like history and stuff. So, uh, but, um, but that's, that's like, yeah, it's those times of like kind of restriction and um, almost necessity where, you know, these technological advances and stuff like that have come on 
So we're in a period right now of restriction and we're essentially sort of at, at war with ourselves almost really with, with this pandemic. Yeah. We're at war with COVID and um, uh, we're, we're being forced to have to try and get creative and do something. And so, you know, this is, this is a really great opportunity. It should be seen as um, for progression in the whole music industry, you know, beyond creativity, but also from a business perspective. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's for the people listening as well, like, you know, not just the people composing the music or creating it, but we we desperately want to focus our attention on absolutely anything else other than what is going on in the world. And I think I've mentioned, I mentioned previously on another episode about uh, Christmas, for instance, when you sat in your house at Christmas and you weren't able to go anywhere and you weren't able to do anything, you realised exactly how mundane it actually is because there isn't anything different it is just another day but when you've gone through months and months and months of this now where you just sat in the same in the same space with the same people you just want to latch on to anything just anything different to what is already going on around you and I have actually seen a massive influx of uh, not only current artists producing more music but people who have never touched an instrument in their life actually trying to do something which is great because, you know, a lot of people get towards the end of their life and go, oh, do you know, what? I really wish I'd learned this or I wish I'd done that. Yeah. And people are actually doing it now, which is yeah. great. You say that, I, I talk on the, the thing of TikTok. I've, I've deleted it since because I've kind of got a bit too addicted to it. And I think yeah, like, my, my life is revolving around <laughs> fucking looking at these videos. And some of the people on there are great. But there's a woman on there that's, uh, I think she's 79 or 80 mm. and she's uh she's bought herself a new guitar I've, i love this woman so much i give her so much love but she's she's bought herself a, a classical guitar nylon string and she's learning to play it and i tell you what I, that was the only thing i lo- used to love like logging on and like say oh where is she now and she's like playing this and that ah, she's fucking nailing it in like eight weeks and i'm looking at my guitar thinking i've been playing for years and i'm nowhere near that I was like, what, what's going on and she's she's absolutely great so when yeah i think when it comes to people picking things up and giving it a go and tr- just 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 trying it i think it, it, it definitely helps but in the other respect of uh musicians and artists and stuff to try and get more creative to get their music out and get downloads and it's all fight for downloads now and yeah it's good it's it does make some interesting listening for some of the things that are going on we'd spoke the last a couple of weeks ago about collaborations and stuff that are coming out that i'm really looking forward to mm. as a consumer rather than a musician i'm looking forward to some of the weird and wacky shit that people are getting up to because they're trapped inside their houses uh, toya have you seen the? I, I, I sent you the video with toya didn't it was it, was it toya she did the um her and her husband doing the the sandman cover on the exercise oh my bike. god I, I do you know what i actually blocked that from my memory. oh my god but she's she keeps she's still they're still going they've oh got god. so many million views on the on these videos have you seen these george no, I haven't, but that sounds oh super creative, God. though. I like God. the sound of that. Oh. I, creative, creative this, this is one like, word. Yeah, this is like borderline <laughs> create, uh, creativity. And the, well, it sounds uh, like that time, um, remember, like, Top Gear back, you know, in its golden era with, like, Jeremy Clarkson and all that. They did the, um, was Echo, the opening thing. Yes. When they yeah. did it with car car exhaust pipes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That was brilliant. Yeah, I it mean, good. it sounded awful, but it was just like, to do that was yeah, but yeah, yeah but te- technically, tough. technically, to get it note for note, absolutely fucking great. Yeah, it's brilliant. From from a musician's point of view, I think it was absolutely brilliant. But you need to see these toy videos. Hold on, it's, it's, it's toy, isn't it? 
Um, oh, God. I've got a feeling I'm going to be inundated with a huge number of links by the end of this episode. Oh, <laughs> God. It's, it's, yeah, it's Toya and her husband, uh, Robert, that have they've now started... Oh, it's there's, no, there's no way to explain it really um <laughs> it, it just it involves oh, a very oh. a very thin white t-shirt an exercise bike and a dude who has incredible concentration considering what's going on in front of him so oh, but yeah yeah basically she, she's 60 she's 60 odd years old she's got yeah. a great rack great rack <laughs> thanks thanks for that i mean that, that's the thing that i think that's what got so many views but i mean she's done, they've done so many different covers during lockdown that even um if I can find a page now, Tony Iommi has popped up because they did a cover of uh, Black Sabbath and his quote was absolutely brilliant. Um, he basically just said they've lost their fucking mind because if you listen to it, <laughs> it's awful. The, the covers are awful. They're so bad. They it, it, yeah, she's like dancing around in a prison cell behind him to, uh, to a Black Sabbath song. And before Jeez. that, it was like Enter Sandman on a, like an exercise bike with a fucking tits flying everywhere it, it's, <laughs> it's it's insane it's fucking crazy oh, yeah God. it's doing it's doing it's doing desperate things to people right before we start going down a rabbit hole of fucking weirdos during lockdown there is something <laughs> there is something that i do want to cover mm. that our friend brian oh yes here we go Every time I'm on this show, I'm so glad I managed to get Marilyn Manson. Well, not glad, not glad for the reason why he's on this one, unfortunately. But it was well, the fact, yeah. it, it was the fact last, uh, I think it was the last episode we said we're not talking about him anymore. And then this shit show happened and we were like, well, for fuck's sake, yeah, talk it about it. Just, it literally <laughs> just it shut up and it's been everywhere, hasn't it? God. What I want to see is if, we, if, we, if you guys have mentioned him enough times in, in every single episode, Perhaps he'll like send out a tweet, you know, Donald Trump style tweet rant against you guys. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. He, he literally has been. I think he has been mentioned in every episode since. Yes, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure his his name has popped up. It's just, like the Candyman, you know. Yeah, you say it too yeah. many times. So yeah. All due to me being disappointed at a gig that I went to go and see. Well, every gig that I've seen him in has been disappointing. <laughs> but this this is like completely fucking. This is crazy, and this is a subject that's it's a it's a controversial subject. Yeah. And it's a subject yeah. that I do want to talk about because it obviously we don't know. We're not there. We don't understand what the crack is, but the whole um the whole council scene of like obviously uh what's the name to come out and said that Marilyn Manson has been grooming her when she was a kid and abused her and all this malarkey. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel, Rachel, so, yeah, Evan, yeah, that's it. Um I so, think we've we've got I don't know whether you've got a similar opinion or not but that i i know if i say this out loud i'm, I'm probably going to get a, a shitload of messages but just bear with me and <laughs> let me explain um yeah send, so send, send. essentially <laughs> essentially uh, rachel evan woods or whatever her name is has come out and, and stated that marilyn manson has been grooming and abusing her for a significant amount of time um obviously as somebody everybody comes out of the woodwork and there was these these floods of uh, women coming forward and people who worked with them including uh wes borland and trent Reznor, um mm. who both came forward and, and stated that they either didn't um what was the word they either believed it and thought, well, actually, no, that matches his behaviour completely. And I think Wes Borland said that he visited Marilyn Manson in his home when 
Rachel was around and saw oh, how yeah, he was West treating Baldwin her. Fucking hates him. Yeah, so this is the thing though, because some of the accounts that have come out, um, and this this is where I'm going to get shouted at. So <laughs> some of the accounts that have come out, in my opinion, I think it is sub role play gone wrong. Mm. It it doesn't really scream assault or abuse necessarily. It it some of it just seems like it's kind of sex play that's just gone wrong or went too far. In my opinion, I you know I can't say that for every single person, but you know his his wife Dita Von Tees, his ex-wife, she was with him for for a longer period, I believe. I can't remember exactly how long she was with him, but she said by any account he's you know he's got a drug problem he's got an alcohol problem he's got a bad temper on him but he never once did anything to her yeah she left him for the reason you know what of, i mean uh was it inf- infidelity and uh, a drug problem yeah that sounds about but right she, for him yeah but she yeah. never brought up like um the reason why this is this is it's a, it's a real it's a it's a fucking narrow road to walk because don't get me wrong I used to love Marilyn Manson. I think mm. that all the shit he got for, all the way through the nineties and uh, the controversial shit he went for the Christian Church and all of this bollocks and yeah, yeah. and stuff. I'm completely, I, I was completely with him kind of thing. Obviously, he's a he's, he's a bit of an oddball, but that's fine. Mm. But I mean, some obviously we don't know because these claims are coming from people that we don't know and we don't know the, the ins and outs of it. Yeah, obviously, it does start kind of uh, a, a snowball. Uh, effect uh, and people do come out the woodwork but they could come out the woodwork for something very valid and some yeah, of the things that yeah. he, he was coming out with was i i mean i <laughs> i want i want to um i want to throw this in there just just in case because i i, I can i can already hear uh the messages being sent <laughs> <laughs> before we've even released it i can hear it happening but i, I do want to clarify that I, uh, I'm not going to go into specifics about it, but I have been a victim of some of the stuff that has been put forward. Um, so I do know what it's like to go through that. But on the other side of that, I also am very much aware that when you get people who jump on the bandwagon and make false claims, it does make it a lot harder for the people who have actually gone through something to come forward and actually get the the justice that they deserve. Yeah. I so... Think that- that's where my issue lies a little bit. So some of it I believe, and then there's other bits where I'm I'm like, well, you can't. It sounds like you're pulling that out of your ass, basically. Like, yeah, I think that you know they hop I mean? onto the bandwagon of this council culture, and I do yeah. not agree with it at all because it can. You got the whole Johnny Depp thing and stuff, and mm. obviously we don't know anything about it. We don't know. We can't like, but I mean, it can ruin someone's fucking. It could ruin someone just it can for ruin their career, just, just some like that. stupid bullshit. So. <laughs> The issue with me is that I recently saw the Brian Banks film, so I don't Ooh, know if yes. any of you guys have seen yeah. that. And um, like the story is, it's a true story of this um, uh, uh, American high school football star who was being sort of um, touted to, um, you know, play in the NFL and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was 16 and getting ready to go to college in a couple of years, um, a, a girl came out and accused him of, of raping her. And so he got put in prison for like 10 years or something ridiculous. And obviously his career ruined and all that kind of stuff. Um, After he got released, um, she eventually confessed that it was a false allegation. She'd made it up. And um, now he's playing in the NFL again, but he'd lost like, you know, 10 plus years of his career. And a massive impact on him. 
yeah and so um not only you know does does that whole situation suck but it, it devalues and um what you know the the, the real victims who are actually coming forward with this kind of with, with real you know real issues and real like you know i've actually experienced something really really horrible and um uh it does then mean that anybody who comes out you know like evan rachel word is met with skepticism yeah from, and it shouldn't people. be like that at all it's you know it should be anybody who's been through something like that should be able to come forward and people shouldn't have to take it with a pinch of salt but it's because of that nature where where it's like the boy boy, boy who cried wolf mentality where they're like, oh, well, they're getting compensation because that happened to them. I wonder if I can get that too. Yeah. And it's, it, that's what dilutes it. So when somebody comes forward and says something horrible happened to them, immediately everybody is on the back foot going, well, is that the case or are you exaggerating? Like, it yeah. shouldn't, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be, be that. Like that. And yeah, we, you know, we all know Marilyn Manson has some incredibly deep-seated issues. He's always been that way. <laughs> And he's a shock rocker. He's always done things which yeah, are dangerous. I think that's why people accept, yeah, people have kind of accepted it throughout that. There's a few people that have come forward. You've got um, Man, um, Mon, uh, Manson, uh, Monson, what I'm worrying about, yeah. Wolf <laughs> Alice, uh, Ellie Roswell has come out come out saying that she, like, she caught him like filming up his skirt and stuff like that and little yeah. things. And it, it becomes like little things like that because people come out and say that, oh, well, he did this to me. Or he mm. did that, and it, it becomes like a snowball effect. As soon as one person takes a dive and says, "Oh yeah, like he 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 like fucking manipulated me or got me to do this and got me to do that," yeah. then it, it gets yeah. a snow it gets a snowball going. But unfortunately, some people do hop on the bandwagon. So I don't really know where I stand on it. I know I don't agree with it. Of course, I don't fucking agree with it. But I mean, I, I don't know. We, we won't know until it, if it goes any further, if it goes to court, or yeah. if it goes to like a. I think uh, that there is definitely validity. I do believe that he can be incredibly aggressive, manipulative. Um, well, yeah, going through some of his stuff from his fucking unstable, yeah, his autobiography you know? was. Uh, yeah, well, oh, that's this, brutal. It's dark. Yeah. there. Yeah, it is dark. So this in that. is the thing, isn't there? Because there's something in there about Trent Reznor. Um, they, they, they both assaulted a woman or something that was in his biography yeah, yeah. Trent, yeah Trent's denied that from day one yeah and that, yeah. that was that was the time that he, he reckoned he, he cut ties with Manson like over 12 years ago whatever it was yeah yeah there's all kinds of stuff in the book things like um uh like him like burning off a groupie's pubic hair and torturing some one of them which was um very interesting to say the least uh but very bizarre was um there was like a death fan after a show and he like covered covered the fan in raw meat and then got her to like have have sex with like band members uh, and he peed on her and all this kind of stuff and it's just like there's some weird shit yeah really really weird but you also have to kind of question obviously this is a shock rock guy who is you know deliberately trying to you know stir up this kind of um controversial you know mythology about himself mm. And, you know, it may be an autobiography, but Vanilla Ice's autobiography came out in the early 1990s and was full, just full of lies. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Like, and um, same for like, you know, Liberace and, and yeah. artists like that. So, you know, how much of it can you actually believe with, with Manson? But then, you know, I want to come in to these allegations, you know, from Evan Rachel Wood. And also it's been said that um, when he appeared on, on House um, mm. a few years ago, apparently he was like, fondling pretty much every woman there um one so, of the actors came out and said 
And yeah. I want to go go into it neutral, but then when you have somebody like Wes Borland, who to me is a fairly like level-headed guy, and he played in Marilyn Manson's band, like um, he would in have had a first-hand account of some of the things going on. Yeah, and yeah. he even said at the time when he quit the band in two thousand eight, like you know he's he's not a nice guy. He's got a lot of problems and all this kind of stuff. So then you do think, well, you know the the people have been saying stuff since way before all this stuff all this started so maybe there's like you know it, it gives a bit more credibility to those who are accusing him do you know what though um so when when this story broke i actually went on to a, a fan site uh, it was a marilyn manson fan site because i wanted to see um i wanted to see what people were saying from an obsessive fan point of view so I, I know a fair few people who are absolutely obsessed with him. They worship the ground he walks on. And I wanted to know exactly how they would react to this. Now, in this particular fan group that I went into, and I'm not going to name names, um, but essentially a lot of the comments that were coming up on, on this, uh, this report were from very young girls. And a lot of them were about that he's a damaged soul and he, he just needs someone to save him. And there were a lot of young girls coming up and saying, oh, I, I could save him. I, I, you know, I could be with him. I could do this. I could do that. And it's an obsessive fan culture. And the problem is he's an incredibly unstable man who has this huge following of girls who think they can handle that kind of person. And then they get involved with him and they realize exactly how insane he is. And that's what some of these accounts sound like to me. I mean, there was one about him doing things to her and she at no point did she say no. And at no point did she say, I didn't want to do that. What she was doing was relaying the account of what happened in the bedroom with him. And it's, 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 trying, to, it's trying to find that line, isn't it? It's that case of, is it abuse or is it sex play gone wrong? I think like the, the abuse side of things. What's her name? She was only nineteen. She nineteen. Yeah, he was she, thirty she something. Was nine, yeah, and he's a rock. He's, yeah, he's a rock star. It's like you're going to do this, and it's like, oh, I don't really want to do it, but I'm going to do it. It's just, it's, it's, it's a, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's yeah. like it's going to be like a Henry Weinstein kind of. Is it Henry Weinstein? Oh, Harvey, yeah. yeah. Harvey, Harvey. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, yeah I, it, it's going to be one of them kind of situations. I think. I think a lot of people are going to come out of this. Yeah, this that really does play against him though, like the age difference, especially that obviously she's the younger one. Yeah. But mm. um, with what you said about the uh, damaged soul and wanting to save him, that sort of thing, I totally, I, you know, I, I think there was a little bit of that with um, some of the people who were with R. Kelly as well. Oh God, yeah. And, and, and wanted that. I mean, oh. um, I, have to, I have to admit <laughs> that my uh, my ex girlfriend, it was very much like that, and that you know, I consider an abusive relationship that I was in. You know, so. Um, yeah, that line, the line that you you mentioned, Saban, that's very, very blurred. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is, is a blurred blur blur line because what what I see acceptable and what you see acceptable is completely different. It's exactly the same. Everyone else, obviously, everyone's got their own fucking weird shit going on. So when it comes to obviously with 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 him, when when you've got someone that young coming into and he's got older her and whatnot, and he's got his own shit going on, he's going to try and bring her into that. I, I can kind of see that like the, the sexual line of it of crossing over with f fucking fantasies and fetishes and stuff like that could mm. be a little bit daunting and blurry on her side of things. But I don't, I don't know. It could just be an absolute fucking melt. 
do you it, it, do, you do you know what I mean? It, it could be like another Savile. It's obviously not to that extreme, not to that extreme, but I mean. Well, talking I of mean, extremes, though. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Steph. No, no. All I was, was going to say is, I mean, do you not think cause it's it's clear some of the accounts that have, have come forward are from people who work with him, like uh, management or labels or whatever. If you have control of somebody, so if you've signed somebody or you're managing somebody who you know is unstable, would it not also be up to them to look at these girls and go, no, I don't care how big I, a fan you are, you need to stay yeah, away Yeah, I think him. the only person I've seen stick up for him so far is Sharon Osbourne. Really? Sharon, yeah, Sharon Osbourne put a statement out saying that oh. um, obviously he was he was meant to be going on the recent tour with Ozzy. Um, and he said he, she's worked with Manson for years. Yeah. Absolute years. She doesn't know what he gets up to behind closed doors. She doesn't really care for that. But she knows how he treats an older woman, i.e. her. And it, that's utmost respect. And she's like got a working relationship with him, not a, like a friendship relationship kind of thing. Yeah. But, but she's that's the only thing that I've seen come out so far that have... That, apart from that, and uh, Jenna Jameson obviously was with him for a brief period in the 90s. Like the, yeah. Mm. His ex-wife also came out i think you mentioned it earlier that i'm um, saying like i yeah i never he was it was always consensual and yeah he he was yeah absolutely fine it, I, I never experienced yeah. anything what's come out but one thing i wanted to kind of ask was with the in terms of the um you mentioned like the extremes with jimmy Savile, but perhaps you know the extreme is not not the wrong place to look because if you look at somebody like ian watkins from lost profits oh, a highly highly controversial story this is where he started out as a very, very sort of seemingly normal person. This is what I've been told by um, people that have worked with the band and people that have like interviewed the band over the course of their entire career. Um, one of my one of my tutors at, at university worked for uh, Metal Hammer as a, as a journalist oh, and, right. interviewed, okay. and interviewed Lost Profits throughout most of their career, if not all of it. And um, it went from being Lost Profits to Ian Watkins and Lost Profits and the more he sort of spiraled into this addiction, you know, drugs and um, just like partying lifestyle and all this kind of stuff, the more messed up he became, the more distant he became from his band members and mm. um, the more sort of like he lost his grip on reality. And that's how, you know, I'm not at all, you know, um, condoning what he did at all. I mean, it was absolutely disgusting. But, um, but it, it might have been prevented if somebody had the balls to step in. That I think yeah. that's yeah. that's what it comes down to sometimes, especially with you know with Ian Watkins and with Manson. Everybody tiptoes around them because they they've just got to a point where they're like, oh, do you know what? That's Manson. Let him get on with it. No, stop yeah. it. Stop. I mean, stop it. You get to a level of fame, and people just say yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the amount of power the influence yeah. they have. It's like get, the R. Yeah. Kelly story. Yeah, you yeah. Get, yeah, yeah. R. Kelly is a big one on that. It, 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 it's fucking insane. Right, I'm going to put this to bed because I, I could. We, I could, we so, could go on about this. Yeah, for I a could, long yeah, time. I could definitely yeah, talk yeah. about this for a long time. But I'm going to, I'm going to keep tabs on this because obviously Brian is a man that I'd love, I'd love to sit down and have a chat with him. Mainly because on how many times he's disappointed me in the concert, but. <laughs> is that going to be your first question? Yeah, this yeah, I want answers. Yeah. Why did you yeah. suck so bad? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. From one, <laughs> from, yeah, from one addict to another. You, fucking, <laughs> you suck fucking balls. 
never been so excited to see someone and grown up listening to like, listen to the most simplest of riff of beautiful people da, 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 da. Oh, like, oh. Yeah. and it's good every time i hear it now i'm still i'm still like listening to it like yeah and every time i've gone to see him live it's been absolutely fucking dog shit so brian yeah. you've dug yourself a fucking bed i can't wait to see you bury yourself in it i'm looking forward to this um <laughs> so yeah, I, 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 yeah i'm gonna yeah we're, gonna, we're definitely gonna keep tabs on old brian and um, see what the crack is. Because I'm interested. The whole council culture really... Yeah, I'm intrigued. The, the council culture really does crap me up because the, the internet's such a powerful thing now. Like the whole Johnny Depp thing and it literally oh, just... God, like yeah. He got cancelled off so many different things and no one knows the ins and outs of it. Unless you're in that fucking courtroom, you don't know. But there's still hundreds of thousands of people online that will petition to get so-and-so's job back because they think that he's in the, in, in the know or... And the, the, the whole culture of following someone that you believe in, but like the Michael mm. Jackson was a big thing, and like the fans believe, like whatever you believe at the end of the day. But it's it's crazy to think that someone's the whole council culture really fucking gets to me. Yeah, yeah. people just jump on the bandwagon, and they'll just go like Nickelback's a massive fucking part of that. Yeah, like the most hated band in the world for what reason? <laughs> for, for what reason? It's cool. Yeah, exactly. It's, there's no it reason is, it behind is it whatsoever. It's fashionable, isn't it? It's fashionable to hate on them. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So yeah, I, it's yeah. so stupid. I do want to keep yeah. tabs on this because this is going to be something to uh, yeah, something to, we'll, we'll we'll bring back up. But uh, yeah. there is another thing that uh, I did see that really spiked my interest. Probably about a couple of weeks ago, I saw a meme going around about a guy that uh, his uncle passed away. And he put a little thing out saying oh, yes. his, his uncle was a musician that I want to put his uh, I want to put his remains to use, um, and I thought it was nothing but a uh, like a, a bullshit meme. But as it turns out, the, muni- the musician <laughs> going by the name of Prince Midnight figured out the best way to honour his uncle. F- <laughs> I'm shaking my head disapproving. I know what's coming. Uh, uncle Flip's memory. Instead of organising a standard funeral, the man decided to turn his uncle Skellington into uh, a guitar to create music and and continue his legacy. This is fucking insane. There is a part of me that actually is considering this, like, as a thing that I want done with my body after I die. This, honestly, this is the most metal thing I've ever heard in my life. Right. If if I do... I've I've got the I've I've got the statue of a bass I think or a double cello or like a double bass cello yeah a double <laughs> bass something that's got to be on the ground for you to fucking hold that you ain't putting me on your lap but looking at the photos of it I'm fucking amazed I want to know how he's got around this because obviously the legal action has got to take between that and. I was going to say, isn't there got there's going to be some law that comes into play here about the thing is, I look at the fa- I look or... at the photo of it, and whoever's listening, I will put a photo of it on the Facebook page. But I'm more interested on in what pickup he's using. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, is it Seymour Duncan? Yeah, has he got a Seymour Duncan in there? Has he got a single? I know oh, he's got a single. He's got a single on a Telly Bridge, oh. uh, Telly Switches. I think he's even got a Telly Neck. Uh, on so maple, Floyd Rose on, that on one, maple. Then. Now I think he's got a maple <laughs> telly neck, which does let it down a little bit. I think you would go. I'd go a little something a little bit. It's even put that that can't be a skeleton. It's, it, what what I find really amazing is um, for any for anybody listening, just to describe the picture, um, it's got a regular guitar neck and head, um, and that connects to uh, the rib cage of this 
alleged skeleton. So like the head and the, the head and neck have been removed, mm. and but the rib cage still exists, and the strings are inside the rib cage. Yeah. So he's yeah. actually having to put his hand up the rib cage of this skeleton in order to play it. And like the spine is still oh. there, so that's obviously what the, the strings are sort of like, you know, um, attached to at the bridge where the bridge is, but and the, the pelvis is still there as well. So basically, he's going from the 12th, he can get to the 12th fret. So he's strumming the strings below the bottom of the rib cage, even looking at this photo that's, that is like the bottom of the rib cage, the final rib is level, just about level with the top of the bridge. So how the fuck is he playing this? I need to, I need to hear this. I do, I do want to say right now on this recording, so we, we have it in audio, I want to make a pact that if any of us die, well, obviously we'll die eventually, but whoever <laughs> dies first, we name the instrument we want to be and I want to get a fucking cadaver orchestra going. Oh, 100%. It'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, I've just seen another photo. He's literally playing. He strums. He's got his. He's got his. The pelvis sat on the amp, <laughs> and he's got his. <laughs> he's got his right hand inside the rib cage strumming. Yeah, so it's like a cello. This is amazing. So, how you so play you can, a yeah, cello. It, yeah, he can get. No, no, no. He's got it on his lap like a guitar. But, oh, okay. but if you think that if you right, so you're sitting there playing your fucking. Um, there we go. Look, you're sitting there. Oh. You're, you're you're playing your Gibson. Yeah, where right. the where the arse of your Gibson is. Picture a pelvis on the end of that attached to a spine. <laughs> that is fucking amazing. So that's just dangling down, and he's literally strumming above the bridge and the pickup inside the rib cage. This That's is incredible. This is the most Guitar Hero thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm pretty sure there was an add-on in Guitar Hero where you could get this as a skin. Oh, yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it, I think I remember that. When you unlock the Grim Reaper character. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so this, this, actually, this reminds me. Um, so when I was in school, there was a project we had to do where we designed an instrument for the Mexican Day of Dead. And I, I really desperately tried to find this. But basically, I had an A3 drawing of exactly this. There we go. Well, some and bloke's actually so done it. Weird. Yeah, honestly. He's was, done it, was... it with his fucking uncle. That is incredible. With his like, uncle. I think it's badass. I love it. I'm, I'm more intrigued on what case he's put it in. It's got to be a coffin case, isn't it? It's got to be a coffin case. It's got to be. It's got to be. You can't get that in a guitar bag. Right? Oh, I hope so. I hope so. That, <laughs> oh, that this, this does intrigue me somewhat. So this, well. This is the most. He made coffin, case, I assume. He uses so, his uncle's skeleton in a guitar to create his music to continue his legacy. Uncle Flip. I mean, that, that is such a cool way to put it, at least. Yeah. It's sort of well, always like trying to justify it. The thing that, yeah, the thing that cracks me, if you go back to like recent videos of Uncle Flip, he's a shit musician. <laughs> but uh, now you're saying that the person who created Prince to pursue his passion for heavy metal, besides the, uh, the musician's uncle was Greek, meaning that he was orthodox. So cremation... Uh, was not an option after oh, his death. Okay. The musician used his uncle's skeleton as a bass uh, and he attached the guitar neck, pickups, volume knobs and jack uh, strings and electronics. Uh, oh my God, this is fucking insane. Uh, so yeah, Uncle Flip's skeleton was donated by a local college where students used it. it, for, it so oh right, oh, oh. <laughs> so Uncle Flip's an old skeleton. So he's been, he's been like fondled with students for quite a while. Um, but after the uh, after the college no longer needed it, he returned the bones to his family, where it was donated, and then where his family refused to have them cremated. Prince Midnight stepped in and came up with the best way to honour his uncle's memory. <laughs> oh, it's genius! Right, that's this it. Is so good. 
I'm coming back as bagpipes. I don't give a shit oh, what people say. Is... I'm doing it. <laughs> this is fucking great. I'm putting this. This is going to be the first bag thing. Bagpipes. Bagpipes. It's going to be your stomach lining then. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sod it. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what though? So off off the back of this, as soon as you uh, you mentioned this story. I actually did a little bit of research on um, anything else that had been used as a, a musical instrument or anything like that. But I did find uh, a BBC news report about vinyls. So some of the weirdest materials that vinyls have been made out of. Mm. So there was one that caught my eye. I've only got, I'm only going to read out a couple, but I think there's seven altogether, which included uh, chocolate, biscuits. Um, chocolate? Yeah, there was one made out of chocolate, which I believe was from a soul funk band back in the When it played. And it played, yeah. So this is the thing. There were loads of different versions of these vinyls, which have been made out of weird things. But there were two that caught my attention the most. So the first one um, is actually uh, old X-ray prints. So... During the 1960s, the music of beat groups such as the Beatles and Rolling Stones was not considered appropriate for listening for the young people of Soviet Russia. So in order to get around this, what they did is the records were banned, appearing only on the black market. It was possible to get bootleg copies of the latest music, which would be etched onto discarded X-ray prints using a record player, which had been modified to act as a record cutting uh, lathe. The centre hole was often made with a lit cigarette and occasionally made of a slightly woozy sounding musical experience. So these bootlegs are still out there. They're relics now, but they are actually major collectibles because of it. Made from x-rays? Yeah, so the old x-ray films. Basically, they would print the music or the bootlegs of the music onto the x-rays and then use that. And the other one I found was actually ice, which sounds ridiculous because obviously you shouldn't be putting water onto anything electrical but um so basically a uh, a swedish band called shout out loud uh a spin would be fairly hard to beat as you can see from the clip above so there is actually a video that i'm going to stick onto the facebook page so people can see this and what they did is they released a song called blue ice which rather than printing it in a vinyl they sold um, like silicon, you know, like silicon ice trays. Yeah, so yeah. they sold a silicon mold of the vinyl, which you'd then fill with water and then put it onto the vinyl player and it would play the music that was imprinted in the ice. Well, so you can make your own record? You could make your own record in ice. That is fucking genius. Coming from someone incredible. that's got a bit of an obsession with vinyl, I'd be all yeah. over that. That's marketing right up my street. Right, it's it's absolutely amazing, but people have gotten really creative with it over the years, and whether it was down to the music being banned and you weren't able to actually get the vinyls, people yeah. came up with different ways of actually getting the music, whether it was a temporary solution like the ice or finding like old X-ray films. It was awesome. That amazes me, the amount of lengths that the human race will go to to listen to music. That really fascinates me. Yeah. That's fucking good. It's amazing. I yeah. absolutely love it. And... Um, on, off the back of that, of course, uh, Iron Maiden have released their 40th anniversary Killers crystal vinyl, um, which I will be purchasing. I don't uh, have a vinyl it, player, do, but I don't care. Do you know what? It's the only, it's the only one that I'm looking at and thinking, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to bother. I've got like a... a I've got, really? Yeah, I don't know. There's something about Maiden. I'm, I'm, I'm just them as a whole then. 
Yeah, no, yeah, it's just made. There's not, it's, yeah, I, don't get me wrong. They've done great accomplishments in their career, but there's something about them that's not quite there for me. I've seen them. I've seen them a few times live, and they've been they've been really good. And I, I said that that's what I mean. They've been really good. I enjoyed myself. It was all right. It wasn't like fuck me. They were brilliant. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's a little. Wow. Little, yeah. Does that, yeah. does wow, that hurt, wow. George? So when I was like a teenager, all I, yeah, all, all I wanted to do when I was a teenager was playing Iron Maiden. That was just like the dream for me. That like, that was all I listened to was Iron Maiden. Yeah, I, I, it, it, it wasn't there for me. I don't know. I don't know. If, I, I don't, it was, it, oh, there we go. I like can't that. deal with that. But <laughs> I, I have to admit, though, that um, Killers is quite interesting. Um, yeah, Killer, Killer's quite an interesting album. Sorry, my internet is um, a little bit on and off at the minute. Uh, Killer's is kind of like almost like the stepping stone album for them because it was the last one they did with Paul on vocals. Mm. And they were still using quite a lot of songs that um, Steve Harris had been writing through the 70s. Yeah. But it feels like a lot of them, you know, they'd already done the first album, which must have were probably like um their strongest songs from like the batch that steve had been writing through the 70s and then they the killers album was almost like the leftover tracks almost from these uh songs that they've been writing uh since before they got signed so it's quite um it's almost kind of like this this little forgotten child album uh out of their discography that and also uh the um do i dare mention in the blaze bailey albums from the 90s (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, yeah I, they're, they're all right don't get me wrong i, I appreciate them <laughs> i do appreciate them for coming from like english fucking metal and, and rock and stuff that they're, they're, they're absolutely fucking huge but there's something about them that doesn't quite click with me and i, 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 I don't I know what it is what it's like, mean. It's like no i don't know this uh, when i saw i saw them it was a few years ago. We, we saw them live, and they're one of the bands that you need to see live. There's a few. There's, there's a few massive bands that I've really wanted. Like the the Who's one that I've kind of missed out. I don't think I'm going to get to see them. And oh, see, I would have loved to have seen them. I'm assuming we're talking the the old school Who, W H O, not the Who Mongolian band. No, yeah, no, yeah, as in, yeah, as in, yeah, yeah. Dol- and Townsend. Yes, even yes. though he's got weird things on his computer, but. Um, <laughs> let's not go into that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there's certain big bands like that but this this brings up another subject that i do kind of want to touch on and that is from gene simmons mm. the uh the lizard tongue fuckbag from kiss there's another band i've never i'm, I'm not a, i'm not a fan of kiss I've seen them fucking hated them I, I didn't like them they've got a, such a massive following but there is something that gene simmons is said and he made a statement in it a few years ago about rock being dead and stuff but this the, the most recent one he's brought out i kind of I'm kind of on board of it because it, it does kind of make sense uh he said he's bringing on to the contrast between the past era of rock so he's saying rock's dead is, is done and dusted because artists have got to get the streaming and stuff like that artists have got to get so many fucking streams and downloads to even get like half a penny to try and forget about their, their their mediocre job and focus on music and stuff like that so you you don't get big bands so you don't get like things like so you're basically saying from we're going to get play the game he says from 1958 to 1988 it's 30 years during that time you had Elvis presley the beatles 
Jimi Hendrix, Rolling Stones, David Bowie, Prince, U2, 70s, ACDC, Metallica, Madonna, like you had all these massive, like ultra fucking huge bands that have become such a big thing before streaming and people are going out and buying the records and buying the, uh, the eight tracks, tape, CDs along that line. And now all you've got now are downloads and streams and from like George, from your point of view, George, you're an artist that are putting out in the download era of having streams and getting stuff coming in um, on that perspective. How, what, what do you think that the, the the scene is on that perspective? Do you think that technically rock stars and obviously it's not your genre, but I mean, I kind of, I, 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 I agree with him. I think rock stars are gone. I think guitar heroes are gone. I think big, massive, ultra, like fucking supersonic bands have, have gone because it's it's literally it's all it's all without degrading the stuff that's going on at the minute, which I'm I'm not at all. It's all bedroom stuff. It's all like st- people can produce at home and stuff, and then they go out and tour it rather than. I do have a theory about this. To be honest, when he says about uh, rock stars being dead and whatever, um, my theory is I think. So if you think back to sort of the the earliest, even the punk movement, for instance, right right back way when it was a way of expressing aggression or, you know, if you had a, a shitty childhood or you were angry about society or you're angry about somebody else, it was a way of expressing yourself. I think these days there are a lot of bands which write music that I'm not saying they don't have any emotion in the music, they do. But I think there is this mentality where they're, they're trying to play faster than somebody else or heavier than somebody else, or it's almost like a competition. So it, there's not really much coming out where you do have an authentic rock star or an authentic rock album where it's they're, they're writing it because they don't really give a shit if they get paid for it or if they go on tour, they're writing it because they just want to get it out of their system. Mm. So I, I'm, that's what, how I would see it as to what he's saying. I don't know whether the actual genre is dead as such. I just think it's it's changed. I'm kind of in agreement with him in that I think the genre, the genre maybe is at the very least dying. And I know I, can't, I come much more these days from the hip hop world. I mean, I used to be a heavy metal guitarist, you know, not, not even that long ago, really. Yeah. And I think part of the issue with there being a lack of quote unquote rock stars and or like the stadium gigs and stuff like that is um, number one, uh, there's less kind of public desire for it. I think, you know, you see a lot less rock and roll in the charts these days, that's for sure. So, you know, um, I know the the charts isn't an indicator of quality of music, but at the same time, it's an indicator of public demand for music. So if you haven't got rock and roll in the charts, then there's no demand for it. And so, if there's less public demand for it, there are less artists coming out in that genre. Mm. So you've got a lot slimmer pickings for um, rock stars and stuff like that. But also because because of bedroom artists and stuff like that, I mean, I'm a bedroom bedroom artist myself. Um, but I came, kind of came from the era of you still did cut your teeth on the live circuit and that's becoming less and less of a thing. Mm. So getting that practice on the, on the live circuit, playing to like, you know, two people and a, and a dog, uh you know for like 150 gigs before then like 10 people come um you know that's where you get to learn like your kind of rock star um uh kind of 
actions and moves and stuff like that. So like, you know, yeah, it's where you develop your perspective. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So if if you if you've not got that and you're just some, you know, like you went straight from the bedroom to superstardom, which a lot of these artists are doing, you know, like um Billy Eilish being one that I know Gene, um Gene Simmons has mentioned and says that he likes. Mm. You you've got um you know, they 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 yeah, they just haven't developed that persona yet. But at the same time, I think one of the things about punk music, which you mentioned, Steph, is yeah. that um, punk music at the time was very, very relatable, where the country was, you know, practically on its knees. You had the winter of discontent. Yes. And um, they needed, you know, the working class needed that voice to, to speak for them. But the point of punk music is that it was a response to progressive music, where, mm. you know, musicians are not these elite godlike Olympians, um, you know who you know only the select few can do music just you know it's like that that um expression you know this is a chord this is another this is a third now yeah. form a band that sort of thing yeah. so um i think bedroom music is kind of bringing that mentality back so these bedroom artists that are coming out they're showing that anybody can become a musician because you don't have to um you don't have to be rich you don't have to um you know be an elite musician you can just you know grab a guitar play two chords and um 100%. and become yeah. really famous yeah i think i think 100 without the fame just to make some good music i think some of the people that have coming out and make it like, like if you go back and listen to some of the interviews from some of the mega bands back in the days they couldn't they don't know fuck all about it jimmy hendrix knew fuck all about fucking musical theory but it was like it, like yeah. iggy pop any any of them like, like the stones it was it was all like just you, you pick it up and you try and learn an instrument, you'll get a couple of chords and you'll be like, oh, oh I can make something out of that. And that's yeah. where creativity comes on. You've got to try, I've got to try and make that sound good. But none of them knew like, like a majority, well, a, a vast majority of them didn't know theory. And that's, I, I agree with George with the whole, the whole bedroom scene and um, people coming out and bringing tunes up because there's, there's some amazing songs and tracks that have come out. Oh, because of that and, I, and yeah, that's the, that's the bit i like about this i said this uh fucking episodes and episodes ago on that i'm really excited about the the kind of i'm excited but disappointed at the same time of the kind of genre of music and the kind of things that make music being put together these days because one the creativity and things that are coming out of people's bedrooms that people didn't even know that they had we're listening to in a matter of seconds yeah we can literally yeah. go on to soundcloud or we can go on to band camp and we can like, oh yeah that's bang on bang gone done so when Gene Simmons is on about like the whole fucking that the whole rock is dead and rock and roll is dead, it's because of the I, I genuinely believe it's because of the um the uh, record label is dead. Yeah. Because yeah. The record yeah. label you used to pick a couple of bands and go, out, well, I'm gonna pay you a fucking advance of a million quid. Go and you've got a year to write a record. Go and write a record and then they'll come out and they'll get big and it, it I've, that's done. Record that labels so, are done. I could yeah. I've got I've got a record label. Yeah, Jeff's got anybody, a record label. Anybody, anyone anyone's got a record label now. I think that that's the kind of that's the golden fucking egg at the end of it. I think in the generation that we're in now, that anyone can start and anyone can be creative about it and and put it out and we can listen to it instantly. It doesn't necessarily mean we're going to like it, but they can they can be creative and they can put music out. And me as a consumer loves listening to new music and new bands and new artists of multiple genres that I'd never normally listen to. And every now and again, I'd get that yeah. golden egg. I'll be like, do you know what? That's really fucking good. I really like that. Yeah, and then you'll listen to them and you'll be like, oh, they've got like two followers. And it's, yeah, like, but it's, it's like, uh... it's amazing because they're doing, they're doing something like that. And you can see, you can kind of like watch people grow. And I, I really enjoy that. 
Yeah, no, it's it's like I mean I I'm a huge fan of the Riot Girl scene, which it, it basically disappeared as quickly as it arrived. It, you know, it's it's this one tiny little niche area, and every single band that came from it. I mean, I I watched uh, a couple of films this week, which was a BL Seven documentary about uh, that band, and the other one is Pray for Rock and Roll, um, and they're both incredible films but it points out in, in in both of them that the whole riot girl scene obviously came off the back of uh you know female repression and women wanting to be musicians but not getting the respect for it and all of this stuff and every single band that was part of that era the reason their music stood out or the reason it did so well at the time was because of the fact they they genuinely didn't give a shit it was they were going to do what they wanted to do, write what they wanted to write. They didn't care if they were going to get censored. They didn't care if they were going to play shitty little pubs or not or not play at all. They just did it because they wanted to. Yeah. And I think that mentality is definitely something that's coming back with the with the bedroom artists and all the rest of it because people have got a platform. They've realised now that all of these barriers that were up previously, you know, oh, can I get signed? Can I get the money to record this? Can I? do this can i do that it doesn't fucking matter anymore because you yeah. can record it and just put it out there people can just it's have great. their own studios yeah, yeah. That, 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 i think that's a, that's definitely a blessing rather than sitting there wondering oh i've got to go and fucking speak to uh, metal barry down the working men's club he's got a studio he's going to charge us fucking a couple of grand for a couple of yeah. tracks oh, yeah, like, you can absolutely. do it for, for the small price of hopping on to i'm not i'm not Oh, no, I'm not going to say Bezos's company, but I mean, like uh, <laughs> something, something like that. And you could, you could have a studio in a matter of minutes. Yeah. And it, yeah. and, I, and I, I think it is an exciting time because it, but it also, I bring it brings, but it brings down the attention span that people have. I'm old school. I like listening to an album. Yes. I'll buy an album. Yeah. I'll put an album on the on the. I'll put an LP on. I'll put that needle at the beginning and I'll just sit there and I'm going to listen to this all the way through and you can hear the story of the album. And yeah. Kind of thing, I, I, I miss that. Because I'm not even that fucking old. I'm born in the wrong era. But I love, <laughs> I lo- I, yeah, I love just sitting down and listening to an album and listen to it all the way through. Like George, yours is one of them that was... I Yes. I, I fucking, yeah. You, yeah, you could tell by my spotless viewings that I put up. And it, 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 was like, it was one of them ones I could just sit down and listen to it. I'm like, ah. And you can, you can kind of gauge where it's going and there's like a story behind it even though it's there's no lyrics behind it and you get like an emotion behind it and that's an impactful mm. thing and i miss that and i i do i do miss that and i think that i think now these days it's more of a oh i'm gonna bang out a single bang out a single get views oh i've only got fucking ten thousand views on that i'll get another one i'll, I'll put that out and yeah. I'll get that yeah. until that one time that you're gonna get like fucking a million views on something and then you might get something out of it that's the only thing that yeah is a bit depressing yeah about, this is a thing that's the thing that came out for me not too long ago um, was that uh, I, I was talking to somebody like a normal person. And um, because when, when, when you talk to other musicians, like viewpoints are really, really skewed, but they, I asked them like, Oh, so what are you listening to at the minute? And they said, uh, Oh, I just put on a playlist on Spotify and like, just, just put it on shuffle, like of like new music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when you say like the singles and stuff, it's because people are just trying to get onto you know, essentially just really get onto those playlists and yeah, um, it's amazing on how much that, that governs what music is today is spotify yeah. is a massive thing i was I'm a, i was a massive ambassador for spotify when it first came out i thought it was great the only reason why is because i like the algorithm of me listening to a certain thing and then they'll give the discover weekly thing 
Yeah. So what yeah. I'll get like fucking 15 or 20 tracks every Monday of music I've not heard. I'll listen to it. It's based on stuff that I like. I love that algorithm. I love the concept of that. I think that's absolutely great because mm-hmm. I've, Majority of the time, they're dog shit and I don't like them. But every now and again, I'll get one <laughs> fucking golden one that comes through that I'll listen to over and over and over and over again. And I enjoy that because I'm lazy and it's easy. So yeah. discover, like Monday mornings, I'm like, like everyone says Monday's a blue Monday. It's a, it's a shit day of the week. It's not for me because I get a Spotify playlist. And it, I think from, like George was saying, I think for, like on his side of things, to get people get content out and get them out and get them out and get them out to get on their meditators playlist because that's what yeah. makes a difference yeah but we're consuming more content than ever as well i mean and we're producing more than ever as well so um one of that is the great thing about spotify is where you have the discover weekly and stuff like that and it plays you related artists um you know if you are one of those very few people who don't do listen to an entire album when that album finishes it then just puts on something similar yeah and you know, it does take effort to go out and discover a new artist. I mean, I, I remember I used to, and I hate, I can't believe I'm admitting this, um, used to love like the new metal type music. My, my brother. Hey, there's nothing wrong with on. new metal. It's, got, it's become cool again, isn't it? There's <laughs> but, nothing um, wrong with that. No, no, uh, uh, hashtag new metal revival. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like, you know, I'd have to go on like Wikipedia and look at like lists of like, you know, list of new metal bands and look them up individually one by one, yep. try and find their music online. Cause some of them were seriously obscure and had very weird names like Pete for oh, a band God. name. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and then like try and find their music, listen to it, decide whether I liked it or not. And then buy the album and I have to like buy it used from, um, unfortunately I'm going to say Amazon mm. and, um, but it was used. And um, it would take like weeks to arrive. Eventually, I listened to it. It'd be either like you know, this is brilliant, or be very disappointed. And that, mm. that's a process of weeks and a lot of effort. Whereas Spotify is, plays you, all right, play me something similar to this. Oh, great! I've, you know, it's, it's, been... yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's fucking crazy. I remember going. I used this queue outside fucking Woolworths in Kenilworth Town Centre. Oh, oh man, you are old. And <laughs> I, 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 I used to go in there. They used to have like. Um, they have like the bargain bins and stuff. I love the bargain bins. They used to have like, there was a record shop in the corner of Talisman Square in Kenilworth. I oh, can't remember the yeah. name of it. Yes. But they were just about closing down when I come to the age of like digging around. Because obviously my brothers always had vinyls and stuff around. I was like, oh, I'll look for some songs and stuff. And they were closing down. So I was like, oh, kind of leave. So I was like, I'm not like, massive into chart music. I got brought up on um, dance music and fucking rave music and shit because my brothers are all pillheads uh, <laughs> and it was like i used to go like i remember I used to go down to woolworths in the morning on a sunday morning and like it's just way outside it's a way outside for them to open to go in to go and get my new a new cd i was like that was the excitement of it and i, I, I kind of i, I miss that because i'm nostalgic that's why i like going into it i'll go into a charity shop and look at the vinyl section yeah. i got down there i've got a first print of fucking um phil collins is um oh what fucking album is it I walked into Oxfam and it was a first print sat on the side for fucking four quid. Yeah. Whoa. yeah. I'm like, ah, hey. there you go. Boom. I love that. <laughs> well, I was, I was well happy. I put it on. I got home. I was like, that's, oh, I love that. I, I miss that. But yeah, I think that Spotify have got, they've got a lot going for them, but they've also got a lot to answer for. I think the generation that's going to be coming up before us guys are like constant, like click, 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 bang, get a tune on. I'm the same now. It's, it's, I listen to a, a playlist and I'm like, oh, no, I don't like that, don't like that, don't like that. And I hear something like that, bang. And the good thing about Spotify, you can go, oh, listen to that artist. 
what does that ice like? And I'll go on to that. And I really like that feature. Yeah, it's a great to... means for discovery. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is. It's really good. Uh, for a consumer, I think it's fucking great. And I've, I've never followed it from day one. But it, it, the only thing I do I dislike is the whole excitement of getting an album. Like recently, I've just ordered the, um, the Rob Zombie's new album on oh, limited edition yeah. vinyl. And I ordered that the other week while I was pissed. Um, and I woke up and I looked at the receipt and I was like, oh, I can't wait. And it doesn't turn up till March. And I'm that excited so, about it. And the thing I've, is, it's um, on Spotify now and I've listened to it. And I'm like, ah, it's, it's all right. It's, but same, though. it's all right, it's but I want the vinyl. I want the vinyl. <laughs> so, so I ended up spending like 70 quid on a, uh, a porn soundtrack called Porno Sonic with um, uh, Ron Jeremy in it. Just That's because I, amazing. Yeah, just, for, yeah, just because I like one track. There's a track on it called, um, what is it? Uh, I don't know what it's called, but it's got it, the, the the tune on it. It's like a, a funky, like yeah, uh, machine so head. No, no, no. Um, Rage Against the Machine kind of like It's like yeah, a yeah. like really funky, but it's in a porno music. And it's that. And I listened to that. I'm thinking, I need that. So I looked at where can I get that? Can I get that on vinyl? Oh no, it's, it's like sort sold out everywhere. It was a massive flop. No, <laughs> I was like, and I found one for like seventy quid. I'm like, it's mine. So I'm having that. So I was waiting for that. It's, it's so sad. Was I'm that wondering... released on the Pornhub record label? Because I know, I know that Pornhub did <laughs> launch a record label they a few did, years ago. They? Yeah, yeah. It's, called, it's called Pornasonic. I sent Steph a track the other day. Yes. She was on about her neighbours continuously banging. I was like, you need to put this in the bag. Like, <laughs> Honestly. The riff on it's amazing. It's such a <laughs> it, it is, it's, it's so, it's like Rage Against the Machine. It's amazing. I did actually put it on because I, I, like I said to you, Steve, and Honestly, it must have been about eight times this particular day. And oh, the walls great. are like paper here. So I, I turned my speakers against the wall and played every single sex-related song or pornographic song I could possibly fucking find. Oh, it's great. And, um, yeah, it, that was my own personal revenge. It's, 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 wow. It's, it's, <laughs> bad, it's, it's bad as, as bad as I feel for you, Steph. Those guys are living the dream. Yeah, they are. They yeah. Honestly, <laughs> I think it's dream. time. That's They're what I said to us. Like, you want to give them like every time they finish, you want to give like an over sarcastic. Woo! Yeah, you know what? <laughs> I actually know their fucking schedule by now. Right there we go, guys. I've had to cut it short before we start diving into too much detail of the uh, sexual escapades of uh, Steph's neighbours. Uh, big shout out for George for joining us and helping us out, coming on having a chat. Um, go and look him up. Confidential Spotify. Uh, next week we are joined by Daddy Dave uh, he's come to have a chat with us and to get the team back to normal uh, we're talking to um, a lovely guy called Matt from a band called Biomechanimal um, oh, I nailed it um, <laughs> I struggle saying that for some reason you'll find out on the next episode uh, but yeah we have about uh, have a chat uh, chat about his band and the, uh, the situation of what's going on with uh, the music they're producing um, so yeah come back to that go to the Facebook page give us a like and uh Hopefully we'll see you again soon. Peace.